welcome to today's edition of Take a Leap and Transform, a neo-diversity journey podcast where entrepreneurs, employees, business owners, and individuals can become aware and transform their mindset. Welcome back to Take a Leap and Transform, a neo-diversity journey. I'm your host, Joseph K. Muscat. Are you ready to take a leap with me? It's tough to fit in when you are not recognized. Or you are, but your peers, educators, superiors, and society stumbles to connect with you and put up barriers rather than doors. The society behavior follows you into your life and career. And this is the current case for autistic students slash professionals in Los Angeles, USA. These are students who graduated from the Center of Learning Unlimited, which is a school that caters to autistic children and teens. After students graduate from grade 12, they either have difficulty in finding work or they leave college slash university because they're not fully supported or understood. To develop a solution to this problem, the Center of Learning Unlimited created a three-year animation career training program for adults. They have an amazing program, students, educators, and in 2021, produced the first set of graduates. After the program, the Center of Learning Unlimited created an animation studio called Brainstorm Productions, which serves as a transitional employment for the program grads. To talk about these incredible school and production company is resident entertainment industry liaison, Marlene Sharp. Marlene Sharp is a creative and busy savvy entertainment multi-hypernet who originally hails from New Orleans, but is now a San Fernando Valley girl. Firmly esconned in LA life, Marlene is top dog at Pink Poodle Productions and head of IP strategy and acquisitions for Rain Shine Entertainment. Noteworthy clients and collaborators, and collaborators include Bordapanda.com, WeFixYouScript.com, Toonboo, Society Cab- Carbonet, Yiramako Pictures, and the Center of Learning Unlimited Brainstorm Productions. Prior to Pink Poodle and Rainshine, Marlene served as Director Productions at Level 5 ABBA Home of Yoki Watch and other Japanese hit video game based franchise. Formerly as a producer, TV series at Sage of America, Marlene worked on much more than Teen Choice Award-nominated Cartoon Network series, Sonic Boom. For example, her extensive hedgehog duties took her to the heights of nerdom as an official San Diego Comic-Con 2017 panelist. She also consulted on the 2020 Sonic the Hedgehog feature film. As a freelance journalist, Marlene concentrates on pop culture for noteworthy fan destinations such as GameDeveloper.com, DogTV, ToonBarn.com, GreekField.net, and CulturalSonar.com. As a short film auteur, she has snagged recognition at LA Femini Film Festival, Autistic Comedy Film Festival, Kids First Film Festival, Cannes Film Festival, and San Luis Opspipu, I might pronounce that incorrectly, Film Festival. Marlene is the proud winner of the 2019 LA Shorts International Film Fest Script Competition and Oscar and BAFTA Qualify Fest, at which her backdoor sitcom pilot received a stage reading courtesy of the Groundings. As a human being, basically, Marlene Sharp loves all kinds of pups. Pups. For proof, 
please see her website, www.pinkpoodleproductions.com. Welcome to the show, Marlene. Thank you. Thank you. And wow, what an introduction. You must be tired of me already. I'm tired of me. <laughs> that, that was a lot. I, I can't believe you read the whole thing, but thank you. That was that was lovely. Well, you 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 deserve a great introduction and and <laughs> you you have such I mean it it gives you such what's what I'm looking for a level of expertise in in that people recognize who you are and what you've accomplished. So it's very important to 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 give it a good full read. <laughs> well, thank you. And 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 and, and as you know, uh, I, I definitely want to put up my own geekdom here. Uh, <laughs> growing up with Sega and being a Sonic Boom fan myself, you know, and uh, it's a very delight to work with someone who's had the privilege on working not only on the animation, but as well as being uh, working on the film. And and uh, you've you've had an experience that I haven't had, which is going to uh, San Diego Comic Con. Oh, I, yeah, I'm a Comic-Con veteran for sure. <laughs> yeah, lots, lots of cons. And I was very, very fortunate to be able to be an official panelist at Comic-Con 2017. So, uh, yeah, good times. <laughs> uh, so let's get right into it. In my intro, I gave a very brief intro about the Center of Learning Unlimited. Can you tell us how the school came to be and their mission? Sure. So the school is actually the brainchild of uh, a, an amazing woman named Ginny Erksleben, who has many graduate degrees in special education. She is an expert in child development and special ed for children on the autism spectrum. And Ginny started the Center for Le Learning, excuse me, the Center for Learning Unlimited. Um, in 2002. So the school is actually celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. And um, about five years ago, she decided to implement uh, an extra program. So the, the school catered toward kids in K through 12. It was a it, it's a, and it still is a day school um, exclusively for children on the autism spectrum. But she she noticed a few things in her time working with this population in that one, a lot of them were very good at art and they would spend time in class and at home and then bring in artwork. Uh, so there, there was a talent that, that recurred in the student population. But then she also found that once they graduated from the school, they didn't have the opportunities that would fit this artistic skill set or, or really any skill set to tell you the truth. They, um, they would be placed by the Department of Rehab into jobs such as grocery store workers and um, a lot of a lot of retail jobs that were ma manual labor and so they weren't able to to use any of their skills so she started this animation program after for many years observing that the this population was underserved so she started the animation it's the it's called the animation career training program for adults on the autism spectrum 
and it is for high school graduates who, um, and my, my dog, my business partner, Blanche, is, uh, is very much aligned with the mission of Center for Learning Unlimited, so you might hear her chime in and, <laughs> and really emphasize the point as we go. Um, but anyway, the, the program is tailored towards uh, young adults who have graduated from high school. So that, that's one of the requirements. There is an application process to, to enter the program. And another of the requirements is to have a portfolio, an artist portfolio. And um, there, in the application process, there's, a, there's a, an interview and a, a review of academics and so forth. And then it's a three-year certificate program wherein the students learn a lot about technique and software such as Maya, which is pretty commonplace in the animation industry. And they're all Maya certified when they graduate. And then we started brainstorm productions as transitional employment for the graduates. So last year, 2021, we graduated the first class of eight students who are now all working full-time for brainstorm productions. Fantastic. And I'm glad to see that your dog is not only an advocate, but seems also to be an advisor to the interview. <clears throat> she, she's right in there. We're kind of a package deal, to be honest. So, <laughs> which is why my, my company is called Pink Poodle Productions. She is a Poodle Bichon mix and was quite insistent that I incorporate her in the business plan. So there you have it. Fantastic. You mentioned some of the challenges that they were having. And, and, and uh, Jenny, I mean, first off, it's, it's uh, incredible that it's 20 years now for, for the school and what Jenny has created here. So it's an absolute accomplishment. Yes, indeed. Going back, you mentioned some of the difficulties that they were having. They come out you know, from the high school level, you know, graduated, they've been educated, they're well prepared. And despite this, they still find difficulty uh, in their postgraduate or in their profession. Can you describe some of the, the obstacles they were facing? Yes. Well, a number of them, uh, the, a number of the current students have either studied a bit in college or junior college or university. Uh, a couple of them actually have bachelor's degrees, but they've, they felt that they, they really weren't finished with their training either artistically or personally because the the program the the animation program is actually split so th there's a in in one school day they spend half of the day on life skills and then half of the day on animation technique software things like that so they're getting a balance of independence training and managing their their lives and their careers on their own and working toward being an independent um, citizen i suppose because most of them do live in some kind of a family situation or a group home or something like that but they're all working towards being more independent so life skills are an important part of the program and of course 
that's not usually part of a college curriculum or university curriculum. So they do get that as part of the animation career training program. And then um, some of them, I, I know there's at least one student who majored in um, marketing, I believe in, in college, but he really loves animation. So he graduated with a, a, a better understanding of marketing and, and the business side of things, but he, he didn't finish that program with any knowledge of um, software applications like Maya or Toon Boom Harmony or Toon Boom Storyboard Pro or Adobe Animate or any, any of the other industry standard programs. So, so he wanted to learn more about that and then also just perfect his life skills drawing. You know, that's a very big part of the program too. And um, the faculty at CLU is really, really talented. They're, the, the animation instructors are all graduates of CalArts, which is the premier animation program in the world. It was actually started by Walt Disney years ago and, and meant to be a feeder into the studio. So uh, the full-time animation instructors are all CalArts grads. They've all worked at Disney and various other studios, Warner Brothers and Fox, many other places. And so that's the kind of deep dive into animation, I think, that a number of the students who had other in, higher education experiences were, were missing. And then some of them just felt like the college experience wasn't for them. It was maybe overwhelming. It was too, too rigid schedule-wise, or um, some of them encountered bullying at their high schools, because not, not all of the students who are currently enrolled in the animation program are graduates of CLU. In fact, most of them come from other schools. A lot of them come from LAUSD schools that were neurotypical high schools with maybe a special ed program for neurodiverse students. So in those kinds of situations, the autistic students are mixed in with the general population for a number of things. And unfortunately, bullying and various other unsavory things happen in that kind of an environment. And that might have been a reason to uh, a reason that they were intimidated to go on to a university or college to study further. So yeah, uh, that explains a lot for about the difficulty. I mean, uh, one of your at home, you, you have you, you have a bit of support there. Uh, but if you're in a group home, it's a bit of a different story. And if you're coming from a special ed class in a neurotypical school, you know, there's definitely a lot of challenges trying to fit in. And that also carries in its own sense, obviously some baggage as you try to progress further uh, in a post-secondary or, or in a career as you try to become independent. So there's definitely a, a lot of that. Now, you mentioned the educators. I, I, I find that uh, quite, quite fascinating and um, quite intrigued as well, because you have such a high quality and qualified educators. So the question obviously comes is, is, 
is how did you scoop them? How did they become involved? <laughs> Actually, they scooped me. <laughs> uh, they were there before I started. And my my friend, Beth Mackey, shout out to Beth. She was an instructor there and still is. And she she recruited me to come on board to be part of the the business aspect of the business as opposed to being an art and technique instructor. So what happened was there was there was a an instructor in the day school, the K through 12 program, whose husband was an animator at DreamWorks. So we're located in Los Angeles in the greater Los Angeles area. So this is a company town. You're going to meet people who who work in the business in various ways and whose family members do. So one of the K through 12 instructors had a husband who was a DreamWorks animator. And so she and Ginny formulated the idea for the program and they they built it out initially. And I think it was through this particular instructor's contacts through her husband that they did some outreach to the animation community for um, for instructors. And then um, uh, the first instructor who was hired, her name is Jennifer Stillwell. She's, she's still there. She's the, 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 um, original, the original teacher. She, so the program is very much her vision, the way the curriculum is structured now. And she, uh, she's a CalArts grad and, and a, a Disney alum. And um, so she, they, they brought her in. And then unfortunately, the, I, I don't know the lady who, whose husband was the DreamWorks animator, but she left for, I'm, I'm not even sure why, but I didn't know her. I don't even know her name, but she left. So then it was, it was really Jennifer and Ginny who were putting together the program. And Jennifer being a CalArts grad and, and also continuing to interact with her former classmates, she reached out to Beth and uh, another of her former classmates at CalArts, Andrew Haldeman, and um, recruited them to come on board as instructors. So the three of them have such a fantastic rapport because they've known each other since their college days at CalArts, and then they've collaborated together through the years as animation professionals. So, um, so they are, they are the core instructors of the program. And then we have another colleague, his name is Maddie Rich, and he's a filmmaker. And he is also an instructor at AFI, the American Film Institute, as well as the Sundance, Sundance the Sundance Institute. And so um, he's a friend of mine and I recruited him to come in to teach a video game class. So he started with the video game class last spring and it was something brand new to the program. And um, it was kind of an experiment on our part because I, I just observed that the, in, in the animation training program, there was seemingly a universal love of video games and, and not just like, oh, I enjoy playing. I mean, almost an obsession. <laughs> so the students are very, they're very uh, dedicated to particular fan bases of if, if there's a game that they love, they will 
draw those characters all day long. They will talk about them. They will devote a YouTube channel as a tribute to them. So, um, so we implemented this video game instructional program where the students learned how to put together a pitch deck for original games and Maddie spearheaded that. And the kids really, this was their chance to shine. I mean, they, they loved it. And so, um, so then Maddie came back in the fall to spearhead another short film project. So we did a short film that I put together last spring. And then in the fall, that we started our second, our second short film project because we, we noticed that they needed more experience with collaboration. They had previously worked a lot by themselves. They would be assigned projects and they would master whatever technique, whatever lesson, but they had never really worked as a crew on a, on a long-term project. So, um, so we're doing our second our second foray into a cr animation crew with a, a short film that we're working on now. And Maddie is spearheading that. And he will be teaching another video game class, I believe in the fall, I'm not sure. But um, so, so Maddie, Maddie and I are the part-time advisors, so to speak, of the program. And then um, Jennifer and Beth and Andy, are the full-time instructors. Wow, that's uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, and definitely, you know, I, I don't think you mentioned to me last time about the video game aspect. Um, so, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's really interesting to see the, the video game aspect. And uh, it's also interesting because they're big fans. You know, it, it, it all relates back to what you said at the beginning that, that Jenny had saw that there was a love of drawing and integrating the drawing into the school. And you can see it with the students, how that has continued on, where they're, they become very passionate in regards to the subject matter or, or, or the character or, or even the genre uh, of that particular uh, character and um, video game, for instance. Um, that's really interesting. And, and, and the, the teachers are, they're teaching them the, the essential skills uh, of of how to become really professional animators by harnessing this passion. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now you had mentioned uh, that they actually scooped you. Yes. So <laughs> can you go into more detail about that? How how did you got you know how did they scoop you and how did you got more involved in the, in, in in the program? Yes. Well, my friend Beth Mackey, who I've known for many years, she contacted me. I guess it was the summer of 2020 and Blanche is here to say, yes, that is true. <laughs> she was there when it happened. And um, so Beth contacted me and said that the school was about to graduate their first class. So in uh, summer of 2021, so they were preparing the summer before and they were at a crossroads with uh, the students because they they felt that they were well prepared with technique, but not so much in their knowledge about the business. And the the entertainment business is is tough to navigate, even for 
people who've grown up in LA their whole lives and have families in the business. And, um, and so the, the school was wondering how, you know, what would happen to the graduates after graduation? And um, they didn't have a, a clear vision. So they, they needed some guidance. And I had never worked with the autistic population before at all. But I have worked extensively in animation and other aspects of the entertainment business. So, so Beth asked me, just would you talk to Ginny and um, the, the program coordinator, whose name is Sylvia Owens? Um, would, you, would you talk with them and just talk about your experience? And also, I'm kind of a busybody. So if, I don't, if somebody asks me to do something or asks me about something and I don't know about it, I will poke around and burrow my way into it and, and find out. And I'm, I'm very active on social media, especially LinkedIn. And so they thought, well, at the very least, Marlene could maybe give us some tips on how to get the students on LinkedIn and active there to, to search for job opportunities. So it was really just a series of discussions with Ginny and Sylvia about the next steps, the, the next the, the evolution of the program. So what happens after the first class graduates? And so, so that evolved into a more comprehensive role for me to be an advisor to the program. And, and then since then, we've assembled an advisory board to include other animation professionals, other industry professionals who on a, a, a pro bono basis advise the, the program on everything from software, like implementing new software, innovative software to uh, entering contests and festivals and uh, aligning with business opportunities where that, that match the skill sets of the students. So, um, so we're growing our advisory board as well. And um, I just, uh, there was not really um, a clear-cut path for me to to do stuff with the program. It's just kind of trial and error. And um, one thing that I have done is implement a Friday guest speaker series. So we try most Fridays to have somebody from the industry or what I call animation-adjacent industries come and do a virtual one-hour seminar. And um, what I mean by animation adjacent is that when, when most folks think of animation, they think of Disney movies and Pixar and things like that. And the reality is that a, a very small percentage of the people who study animation work in that capacity. And uh, even CalArts grads, it's just, uh, there's a lot of competition and, um, and also, Animation is a very project-based industry, so um, there's a lot of unemployment. You'll work on a project for a few years, it's finished, and then, th then you're unemployed until the next project comes along. And then in that time, a lot of people will find other, other work in these animation-adjacent fields, which include merchandise licensing uh, and various other consumer products, package design, marketing, um, website design. And then there's also forensic animation for crime scene 
reconstruction and then um, there's 3D modeling for the medical industry. So pharmaceutical companies use animation a lot to simulate the effects of certain drugs in, in the body. And so there, there's this whole animation underworld that it, I'm always shocked to find out the next industry that's really using animation a lot. Um, it's like, oh, wow, this is another guest speaker for our Friday series. And so to have those folks come in and talk about their careers is really inspiring because it, it just opens up the possibilities and, and it, 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 it's very hopeful and inspiring to the students. Wow, that, that's absolutely amazing. And it's, it's quite interesting to see the, the different dynamics, as you pointed out, in animation. Uh, and it's like anything, it's, it's an ever-growing field. There's always going to be a new notch to add to what animation can do. Um, yes. Definitely for sure we're seeing meta, you know, uh, animation in the metaverse and, and, and how that's going to look like. Um, yes. And that's really interesting. Um, so now in our prep talk, we, you had mentioned uh, the school known as Exceptional, Exceptional Minds. Yes. Yeah. Can you can you tell us how your school is similar and different, and as well, uh, how are you trying to model your program after theirs? Yes. So Exceptional Minds is the OG school for animation for autistic students. So so they really pioneered the format that we are modeling. CLU and brainstorm productions after. So their program is probably about 10 years old and Exceptional Minds is located, they have a physical presence in Los Angeles, just, just like CLU does. So their offices or school is located in Sherman Oaks. CLU is located in Torrance, California. So we're not, we're not super close in LA traffic, but, but we are in the same city. And, um, and we're, we're also trying to figure out more ways to work together, but they have been around much longer and their presence in the industry is much larger and, and more streamlined. But they started uh, about 10 years ago with an instructional program for adults on the autism spectrum. And then they opened a companion studio and they, really pioneered the the philosophy of this population of neurodiverse artists being just the right fit for a lot of different visual effects and animation projects especially they, they are really good at um rotoscoping and um working on visual effects shots where things need to be removed. Like let's say there's a stunt person who was on a, some kind of wired harness and, and the wires show up in a shot, but they're not supposed to be there. Then the footage will be given to the, the animators at Exceptional Minds and they will go frame by frame and remove the wires so that it's, it's magic, <laughs> it's magic on the screen. So, um, so they had a wonderful, head producer named Susan Zwerman, who, who I know. And so she's the reason that I even became familiar with Exceptional Minds years ago. Um, she 
she had told me about the program and I, I went to take a tour just as an animation producer. She was hoping that maybe I would call on them for some jobs that I, I was, professional jobs that I was working on. And so, so I did actually have them submit bids for a couple of things that I was working on. It, it didn't quite work out timing wise and, and so forth. So I didn't actually ever work with them, but they were always on my radar. And um, they became known in the industry for, for their work. They've worked on the Marvel movies. I mean, really big, big visual effects movies as well as smaller projects too. But when my friend Beth had contacted me about CLU, she started describing the program and I said, oh, you're, you're working at Exceptional Minds. And she said, no, no, it's not Exceptional Minds, it's CLU, but that's what we're trying to be like. We're, tr we're trying to be like them. So one day, hopefully, you know, we can, we can join their esteemed ranks, but we're actually right now trying to figure out more partnership opportunities for them and us at CLU because we are aligned in our mission and we're not really competitors because we're at different levels and there are different, different skill sets. So, so hopefully we'll be working together in the future, but um, they are really the, the um, shining example of, of what CLU would like to accomplish. Well, that's great to see that you don't see each other as competitors. You, you realize no. that the, the, the need for this type of training program and and career avenue for the autistic community that mm -hmm. you're you're willing to collaborate and and hopefully you know help each other develop and work yes. on, on greater projects in addition to that um so you mean to tell me that when i'm watching the before and after of movies when i see the before all that's being removed potentially uh, by, by exceptional minds, maybe. <laughs> it could be. It could yeah, be. check the credits. Check. Those movies are so movies, and and also the VFX heavy TV series like Game of Thrones, for example. There are so many complicated VFX shots in those projects that a number of companies must work on them because otherwise, it would never get done. It's just too much and too complicated. So, um, so, so exceptional minds just threw themselves into the process. I mean, they were very, and it, I, I credit Susan, my, my friend, Susan Zorman with a lot of that because she, she went calling on a lot of these studios saying, Hey, maybe, maybe we could start with some of the simpler shots for our, our studio. And you could just try us out and see how it works. And then, you know, gradually we could, we could be involved in things that are more complicated and bigger projects, but, um, but yeah, there's, there's room for everybody because there's, there's so much, um, there's so much of that type of work these days. And those types of projects are getting more and more popular. And now with Marvel doing all the seri streaming series and DC comics, all, all that stuff, very, very visual effects heavy. And, um, and that's not something that CLU has really tackled. We, we are more traditional 2D animation and also 3D animation um, with Maya. Uh, so, so there's not really an overlap in that regard. And, and that's also a case where we could learn from them.
in, um, in the technique and also in snagging those jobs because there's a bidding process involved. There's a lot of hoops that, that the, the vendor companies have to jump through to get those jobs. It's not just like you sign up and you start working. So we have not been through that kind of a process with CLU yet. And it would be great for us to just even shadow them on some of those opportunities. You're going to have a mentor to help you navigate that, right? Yes. It, yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. That they, we see them as mentors. And it's, yeah, it's also too, I mean, because you, you mentioned that, you know, in the area that you're in, in Los Angeles, you know, everybody kind of knows everybody. It's, it's industry professionals to industry professionals. So in a sense, it's, it's also how the, how your program came to be. You're, you're, you saw that need and you have someone who's already gone through that to help you and help you make those connections, which is really great, yes. uh, especially yes. for, for your students. And that, that brings up to the, the following question, which is you have your program and you also have exceptional minds, but let's focus on your program because your program is what we're here to talk about. Um, how has the film industry and the TV industry and even the marketing industry come to be receptive to your program and your production company? So far, so good. We haven't done a big, aggressive, proactive push to pursue these third-party jobs yet. We, we've been very slow and careful in, in how we approach it because our students are coming from 100% academic environment and then going into the world of of um bidding for jobs and then tight deadlines and crazy personalities uh and not 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 in the neurodiverse community i'm talking about in what's considered neurotypical neurotypical hollywood is pretty crazy <laughs> so rather than th throw these sensitive artists to the wolves and and try to tackle this in a big way, we're taking a very measured and calculated approach. So our marketing has been very minimal and um, we have taken a few very small jobs and we're doing this uh, short film now, which is an expansion of our skill set and, uh, and our capacity as a studio. So it's a, it's a learning experience as well as something that we can put out in the marketplace into film festivals and competitions and use that as a marketing tool as well. But it's been s slow and steady. So now, of course, if DreamWorks comes knocking on the door and <laughs> wants us to do something, I think we'll step up <laughs> and, and try to accommodate because those opportunities are few and far between. But for now, we're, we're taking a very cautious, measured approach. Understandable. And it, despite that, you, you still have accomplished quite a lot um, and achieved quite a bit. Uh, and that brings into how are your students feeling? Because I mean, you mentioned about the deadlines, but at the same time, they've also achieved you know, such high standards. So how are they feeling about their accomplishments? I mean. It's your graduation, your, your graduates were in the middle, they graduated in the middle of 2021. So it's been, you know, let's say, I'm guessing half a year now. Um, so in that half a year time, how, what's, what, 
how, how, how's their self-esteem, frankly? I, I think it's, I, I've seen such growth in them and, and not just me, I think Ginny and, and Sylvia and the instructors, we've all experienced firsthand tremendous growth um, in them as artists and also just as individuals. And they seem to really love the process of collaboration. And, and it's, um, you know, there, there are conflicts that are, arise, but we've dealt with them in a very civilized manner. And they're, they're very conscious of each other's talents and limitations. So like, if there's a task that someone is assigned that might be challenging to that person, they're, they're very generous in suggesting one of their, their um, colleagues or classmates to, to step in, or, or there's also the, the proactive, helpful spirit of someone observing someone else's challenge and saying, hey, I'm, I'm really good at editing, so let, could I take a crack at it? Or, you know, there's a lot of give and take, which you, you, you couldn't really see that in them when they were just working on individual projects. Because it was very, it was very siloed, and and in a way, it 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 had to be that way um, because a lot of what they were doing before during COVID, it was all everybody was zooming in from home. Now they're back in a group setting. A, a few of them have to do remote every now and then just because of the pandemic and how unpredictable it is, but they have really risen to the occasion and and thrived and and they seem to be excited by every new challenge so i think the more that we we give to them it excites them rather than intimidates them the spirit of collaboration it it, if when done correctly it, it it brings out the best in people and, and it's good to see that uh, with your students, uh, we're seeing those results. Um, now, let's talk about the communities now. And um, even the fellow schools. How, how is the community and the public and, and the schools where, where some of these students are, are coming from, uh, what's their take and, and, are, and how receptive are they being to your program? We haven't done a lot of outreach with other schools. I couldn't even tell you where most of them graduated or I don't, I don't know their origin stories. And there is, because of the nature of the diagnosis for autism, there is a bit of privacy, secrecy, I guess, confidentiality. So um, I, I'm sure Ginny has more uh, interaction with, with the, the schools that they came from and so forth. But just, um, in, in my day-to-day -day conversation and whenever I tell people about CLU, whether they're in the in entertainment industry or education or otherwise, people seem to be fascinated with it and want to know more. And I guess there aren't a lot of schools around that tailor a program to adults on the autism spectrum and then their focus on animation. Maybe there are other programs that are tailored toward 
adults on the autism spectrum for, for other kinds of careers, but this seems to be particular to maybe because we're in Hollywood and that's, that's what we do here. We, we make movies and we, we, we make art. So, um, but yeah, the, the response that I've received has been overwhelmingly positive, but I don't know so much about the individual situations. Okay, so let's try a different one then. How, how do the students find you? I mean, I know some of the students come from Jenny's school and then the other students don't. How have they been able to find you to, to enroll in the program? So I believe it is through the various social services available in Los Angeles County that are, they give referrals to Ginny um, for the application process. So, so and, and forgive me because I am not well-versed in social services and, and special education, all that. I am, I am the show business person. <laughs> so any, any facts that I've acquired in the last year are, are new to me <laughs> and I might not be speaking correctly about them, but my understanding is that um, when, when a person receives a diagnosis of autism, um, there's certain uh, county resources and probably state and federal resources that one can tap into as a, as a family and as an individual. There's also something through social security here in the U.S. And so when you have a, a caseworker who is assigned to you through the state or the county or what have you, they will make recommendations about all kinds of things like housing and, um, and employment being two of the big ones. So, so the county and the state social services will refer folks who they, they see as having an inclination toward artistic talent. They will say, hey, you should, you should investigate the program at CLU, and then um, then the, they're referred to Ginny, and then Ginny will walk them through the application process and and so forth. So so there hasn't been any marketing about the the program at all, as I as I can see. It's it's all just referrals, word of mouth through county and state, and may, maybe federal social services. I I don't know I don't know the system well enough to to know what I'm talking about, but yeah, that's that's the way the the program has has acquired students okay uh well first off without having done any outreach you're doing an incredible job i mean you, <laughs> you you've gotten the students you're getting the word out there um and you're also you know to a certain degree you are doing an outreach because you're you've been doing some podcasts uh, oh yes that's me <laughs> that's you that's you you're promoting the program <laughs> I'm a shameless self-promoter. They can't stop me. So, <laughs> and <laughs> I also manage the LinkedIn page for, for CLU. And so I, I, I come from the school of there's no such thing as bad publicity, whereas CLU, they're more careful and, oh, this is confidential and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, no, this is, this is show business. You can't promote stuff enough. So they just kind of, let me go <laughs> and uh, and I do my thing and um, but slowly I think as we build more confidence in the, the program and more experience in doing projects and things like that the the 
the PR machine will come together and then we'll have more of the, the artists let them do podcasts and, and speak, speak on their, their own behalf. But um, at the moment, we, we've got so many different things to tackle that, yes, I'm just kind of that person p- putting herself out there for a variety of things. Well, you and I both come from the, the background of entrepreneurship. And when you are an right. entrepreneur, as you said, it's, it's shameless self-promotion. You, you do what you have <laughs> to do to get the message out there. Uh, so <laughs> I think that was my, my friend Beth's secret agenda. She's like, ah, oh, Marlene has a big mouth. Marlene's a busybody. We need somebody like Marlene to just get the word out there. Like if Marlene does nothing else except just post all over her LinkedIn, then everybody wins. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've just taken that another step or several steps further and and that's where we are. Now, you also mentioned, um, if I recall correctly, you had mentioned, Marlene, um, that you had done some, in the initial stages of the formation of the production company with the graduates, uh, to, to build a name for yourselves. You had created some short films. And some of those short films have, have uh, become award-winning. Yes. Can you yes. tell us about that, please? Yes. So we have a film that we did last year around this time. It it was, we, we entered a a film competition called the Easter Seals Disability Challenge. So Easter Seals is a big nonprofit. I I don't know if they're active internationally, but in the U S they've been around a long time and advocacy group for folks with all kinds of disabilities. And so they started this this film challenge, which is essentially a 48 hour film festival where you're given an assignment. So it's bunches of people sign up for this film challenge. And then you're, you're given some kind of task, you're given a topic and uh, some other rules and regulations. And then you go off for 48 hours and you create a short film and then all the films compete for various prizes and it's a big extravaganza of, of short filmmaking at the end. So so we entered that last year, not really knowing what if we could even complete the the competition because, as I mentioned before, we the, the the instructors as well as the students didn't have that kind of experience of creating a one product as a collaborative venture. So we did it, and we we finished our film. Unfortunately, we didn't win any prizes in the Easter Seals Disability Challenge, but. I took the film and entered it into many more competitions because we still had, we, we owned that film. We, we did it. So um, I am a veteran of the film festival circuit. And so I took it upon myself to just enter it into as many contests as we could. And we've, we've been an official selection in a number of film festivals. We won uh, a film festival in uh, it was in India and it was the theme of the festival was happiness. So it's like an international happiness film festival. And so um, our, our short film definitely has that in its message. So it's done really well. And we were able to get some press coverage around it in the animation trade magazines and so forth. So it's been a really positive experience. And, um, and then that's the plan for the, the film that we're working on now. 
uh, which is a totally separate project, and it's not related to any competition. So we do have a lot longer schedule, and um, it's it's a more extensive project than what we did for Easter seals. But we do have plans to put it in festivals and competitions, and and get the word out there for that one too. Well, that's another amazing story that you've told us there, and the accomplishments that these now professionals have achieved. And not only getting recognition, but building a, a portfolio that would lead to more work. Oh, yes. Yes, that's so important to have examples of work that we can show to prospective clients and employers. So we everybody needs to start somewhere. So doing these kind of competitions and spec projects is very important. So tell us, what is 2022 looking like? You know, do you have... First off, do you have a new set of, of students coming in for the three-year program? And, and of course, you, know, you mentioned that, that the production company is working on a, a long-term project, of, which will be, of course, added to the portfolio to add more work. So what's the plan for 2022? So that's a good, good question. And we are very close to wrapping production on the current short film that we're working on. And... In fact, we're planning an event, fingers crossed that COVID doesn't derail it, but we're planning an in-person event in March to unveil it to the world. So we'll, we'll see, we're consciously optimistic that will happen. And then simultaneously, we are working with another autism nonprofit called Rock Autism, which is kind of similar to CLU and Brainstorm Productions, except that it's music focused and they're based in New York and we connected on LinkedIn. So, so my, my busybody spirit paid off. Um, this lady from rock autism contacted me and um, they actually tour with a group of autistic musicians. So they're, they're part musical instruction, part performance and they their group is coming to Los Angeles in March for a special benefit concert and so our artists are creating the promotional poster for that venture and so we're we're expecting that 2022 will bring bring more collaborative experiences between our brainstormers and their rock their rockers so um, that's something we're looking forward to and then, I, I think we will start progressively going towards the chasing opportunities to work for other companies, other businesses, whether it's, you know, small businesses, creating social media posts or anything that uses motion graphics. I think we will we'll continue to build on the portfolio that we've started and, you know, taking progressively more challenging jobs but that's that's what i see for the immediate future the the release of our short film and the collaboration with rock autism who those folks would make excellent guests on your show too by the way they have a very interesting story well first off that is absolutely incredible to hear that there's other institutes out there creating such training programs for autistic students or autistic adults, should I say, and mm -hmm. paving a way for a career for them in 
other different fields. So that's a absolutely inc amazing to hear. And yes, yes uh, I was going to ask you for later on. I, I would like to have a, <laughs> uh, can a, a, a introduction, please. Uh, oh, absolutely. I hooked them up with another podcast that I was on too. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I love to connect people. That's one of the great joys of life is bringing people together. So yes. Absolutely. And, and, and again, it's a aspect of you being a shameless promoter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shamelessly promote other people when I, uh, yeah, I mean, there's only so much Marlene that I can promote and Blanche, my dog. So then that that's where everybody else can benefit from my big mouth. So <laughs> happy to do it. Fantastic. Now let's bring us, this brings us to our last question. Um, now, as you know, my audience is, is an international audience. Um, and so how can they reach out to the school? Uh, and the training program for more for more information. In particular, if they either want to become a student or learn how to create a similar program in their region. Probably the the well, I don't know if it's the best way, but if if they want if anybody is interested and wants to go through me, I can be kind of that uh, first step, the gatekeeper kind of thing, and then I, I ultimately the queries will go to Ginny, but I know at the this moment she is, her attention is all over the place, not just with the animation program, but with the school, there's so many things going on. But um, we have a very active LinkedIn page for the Center for Learning Unlimited. So I encourage everybody to, and I'm a LinkedIn rah-rah person all the way. It's, it's such a handy tool for searching for employment, for hiring great people. And um, anyway, the, the CLU, Center for Learning Unlimited LinkedIn page, I encourage everybody to follow it and um, message me on LinkedIn. I'm just Marlene Sharp and I respond to messages all throughout the day on LinkedIn. And then there's also my personal email address, Marlene at pinkpoodleproductions.com. And my website, you can also message me through the website, which is just pinkpoodleproductions.com. And then um, I'll, I'll be honest, CLU does have a website and there is a website under construction for Brainstorm Productions. The website, the the website is not. I, I wouldn't say it's the most efficient way of communicating with the school because, as I said, both both of those portals are under construction or reconstruction right now. So I would it, certainly, if um, if folks want to just Google CLU and go to the website and just learn more about how the the origins of the school and and so forth. You know, there's a certain amount of uh, knowledge you can get from looking at but but it's not it's not current um it, it hasn't been the the updates haven't been implemented yet in other words so i i would suggest just going through me especially for the animation program super now actually i, I i'm gonna lie here i did say it was the last question but I'll, i'm gonna go back to a previous question um because okay. we talked about the 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 production company and what the goals are for 2022. But let's go back to the training program. Um, what's enrollment like now for 2022? Have you already started well, from, from, from last from last uh, graduation? 
Yes. So there's a new class that comes in every fall. So it's a three-year program. So we have students who are in year one, year two, and year three. We'll have another graduating class in June of this year. And, um, and it's, it's full to capacity. Not, not everybody gets in who applies. So it, it is competitive and, and it's small. That, that's another thing. Um, Exceptional Minds is a much bigger operation. They can accept more students into their training program and then their, their studio is much bigger. So I, uh, folks might want to explore that. Although I think they have a different model of um, financial aid for their students. So, so CLU receives a lot of support from the various social services. And um, I, I, I can't tell you 100% how that works. But I, I think that Exceptional Minds is set up a little bit differently. I believe they're tuition-based. Um, but they do have financial aid. I just don't know the ins and outs of it. But, um, but yeah, right now the program is, is populated with students from the Los Angeles, greater Los Angeles area. There, I, I, I don't think there are any students who have come from any, any other counties or, you know, states or cities, countries, anything like that. It's, it's been very locally based until now, but I think it would be delightful to change that. It just, uh, it just takes time, but I think that's the eventual goal. Well, it's always baby steps. And, you know, mm -hmm. again, you're getting the word out there and, we, and people are learning about it. So as a result, there's going to be inquiries and yes. preparing for those inquiries. And at the same time too, I mean, if they can learn from your model, and and yes. learn how to develop that model in their own region that could yes. be that could become you know a, a, a second entrepreneurial aspect for, for the center of ultimate learning um uh in in regards to providing that consulting services and how to establish such a school or an adult program in particular regions and Good point yes that's so that's you know it and that gives everybody, it becomes a win-win situation no matter how you look at it. So this is such an amazing story and accomplishments for the institutions and the adults of the program. And I thank you for sharing this with Mar Marlene. Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to talk about it and to be a, pos a force for good in this arena. So th thank you for creating the opportunity to talk. This brings us to an end of another episode, and I hope you found it inspiring, in particular when you create the right environments the neodiverse can thrive. As always, I will post the contact details to Marlene in the show notes. As I take this podcast further, I'm looking for ways I can engage with you to create more amazing content. It's because of this I've created a Patreon page where you can contact me more directly with several options. You can also find me on social media, and I encourage you to join my groups in either LinkedIn or Facebook. I've posted the links in the show notes. Till next time, take a leap and transform.